In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord, my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. We come now into the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, as God is present everywhere in our hearts in sanctifying grace through his presence and power in the world. But we believe as Catholics too in this creation of love, the Holy Eucharist, that God has wanted to be that close to us, to be our strength, to be our food, to be our love, And we believe, Lord, that you are here, truly, really, substantially present under the form of bread in this miracle of your presence. And so we come to pray. And that's what we want to do tonight. Not just to listen to me, but to talk to Jesus, to make that eye contact with him, and to let him talk to you to listen to him, to try to meet this person who should be our best friend because he's crazy about you. And he has one great desire that you spend all eternity with him in heaven. But we have to choose him. We have to choose that friendship. He doesn't force us. We're totally free. And so right now, this evening, in these few minutes that we're going to be praying, let's try to listen to him. What does he want to be? We're coming to the end of Lent, this time of accompanying Jesus in the desert. Holy Week is coming just around the corner. And this time of Lent has been a good time to slow down, to accompany Jesus in the desert. As he goes through that time of fasting and prayer, and Jesus never does, asks us to do something that he doesn't do himself first. He goes through this, he goes ahead of us. He goes through that prayer and suffering in the desert because Not because he needs it, but because we need it. Because we need that time to purify. We need the time of Lent to break the bonds that hold us back, the chains that bind us, the sins, the bad habits that we need to change. We can ask our Lord right now in his presence, Lord, help me to make the changes that I need to make. This time of Lent is a time where we learn to 
let go of things that we think are necessities, comforts that I think I can't live without, that are really not necessities, things that may be holding us back. It's a time to be more generous. Sometimes what our Lord really wants from us is more generosity. To be ready to give just a little bit more to our wife, to our children, to our friends, to God. And we're held back sometimes by a little string that's holding us back. And we cut that string, we could go ahead so much more quickly, so much further. Lord, what is that little thing that may be holding me back? And what God is calling us to is holiness. And holiness comes down to identification with Jesus Christ. To look at his life and try to be like him. And Jesus came to lay down his life for the others. Came to lay down his life for the forgiveness of sins. To take the burden of sinners and sin on himself. He came for us. He came for you. And he would have come for you if you were the only person on this earth. You mean that much to him. Each one of us is made in the image and likeness of God, called to eternal glory in heaven, that you are special to him, so special that he died on the cross for you. Let's ask our Lord that we might have, as St. Paul says, the same sentiments in our hearts that were in the heart of Christ. And we ask you, Lord, to purify from my heart things that don't belong there, things that are not in your heart, so that my heart, my life might reflect your life, that I might make you present in this world through my life. And that's what God wants from us. That's what God wants from Catholics. That's what God wants from Christians who are serious about their faith. Many great things depend on whether you and I live our lives as God wants. The situation of the world depends on men and women stepping up and following Christ. And each one of us can talk to him right now and tell him, Lord, I want to follow you. If you have the courage to say that, each one of us, look at him right now. Let him look into your eyes. Am I willing to leave behind what holds me back? And I'd like to turn to yesterday's gospel, the gospel of the woman caught in adultery, to pray this evening, to listen to our Lord, to look at him, and listen to his words. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. But early in the morning, he arrived again in the temple area. And all the people started coming to him. And he sat down and taught them. 
Then the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him so that they could have some charge to bring against him. It was a beautiful, clear, cool morning when Jesus was teaching. Crowded gathered around him, like us here, who want to listen to him, to hear him. Suddenly there's a tumult and a crowd comes, a raucous crowd of scribes and Pharisees dragging this woman caught in adultery. They don't really care about the woman. She's just bait. She's just a pawn. They don't care about the woman. She's not the target. Jesus is the target. They want to take him down. And they have a trap. Should we stone this woman as Moses and the law say? In which case, the crowds of people might turn against him. The Romans who forbid, forbade death penalty without their permission would turn against him. If he said, no, don't stone her, then they could accuse him of violating the law of Moses. It's just a trap. But Jesus is not that concerned about the trap. What Jesus is most concerned about, oddly enough, is the woman, the one who's no, that no one else is concerned about. He notices the woman who's there and has compassion on her. He sees a person in need. Yes, a sinner, but a lost sheep who has the misfortune of sin. And we see that Jesus does not despise her despite her sinfulness. And this is so important. The men despise her. The people, the crowds despise her. But Jesus sees a person one of his lost sheep. He sees her truly terrified. Her life hangs in the balance. But actually, those Pharisees don't realize it, but they have done that woman the greatest gift they could have ever given her, the greatest gift, done her the greatest favor they could ever do. They brought her face to face with Jesus Christ, who is the only one who really loves her and the only one who can really save her. They've done her a great favor. And the best thing that can happen to us is that we come face to face with Jesus Christ, with our weaknesses, with our sins. And the best thing we can do for our friends is to bring them to Christ in that tribunal of confession 
where instead of condemning, he forgives. The best thing we can do for our friends in this time of Lent is bring them to Jesus in the sacrament of penance. And we see Jesus has compassion on her. He's the only one who notices her. And the gospel goes on. So what do you say? They said this to test him so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. And when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response, they went away one by one, beginning with the eldest. So he was left alone with the woman. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. When they accuse the woman, Jesus doesn't take the bait. He doesn't answer them. His response is silence. That's something they didn't expect. He seems even to ignore them. He starts writing on the ground with his finger. Perhaps they got a little bit nervous. But his silence forces them to rethink their plan. His silence forces them to look inside themselves, to examine their own conscience, their own behavior. He's making them think, and that's what Lent, Holy Week, and this evening recollection are all about. Silence. To turn off the noise, to listen to our Lord. To stop and look in this Holy Week that's coming up at the story of sin, the story of the cross, what God suffers for us. We need that silence. That silence had an impact on those scribes and Pharisees. And then he does something strange. He begins to write on the ground. What's he writing? I'm sure they're all leaning over and saying, what's he writing on the ground? Is he playing tic-tac-toe? Maybe he was. What's he writing on the ground? Maybe it was a sign he was just ignoring them. Some fathers of the church imagine that he was spelling out certain sins that those present actually had committed. Or I like to think of that scene from the book of Daniel when that King Belshazzar brings out in his big party the vessels stolen from the temple of Jerusalem 
And in those sacred vessels, he poured wine and shared them with his many wives. And this hand, the hand of God appears with no body attached to it, just a hand. And it writes with his finger on the wall. Words that every Jew would have known, every scribe, every Pharisee. Menes tekel up sharim. Which, of course, you all know. Which means you have been weighed on the scale and found wanting. Perhaps that's what the finger of God wrote in the sand that day. But we don't know. But one by one, those scribes and Pharisees disappeared after Jesus said, let the one who is without sin cast the first stone. And so we see Jesus left alone with the woman. And each one of us could put ourselves in that situation right now. Turn our perspective and see each one of us as that woman. Each one of us here in your presence, Lord, is that sinful person standing alone with our Lord. Each one of us has pride, has vanity, envy, anger, sensuality. Each one of us has our sins and our Lord knows them. And we too need his look of compassion. There's no one on earth who doesn't need that look of compassion of our Lord. And this Lent is a time to stand before him as sinners, face to face, and listen to him say to us, go and sin no more. I will not condemn you. No one will stone us for our sins because Jesus has saved us. And each of us needs that meeting with Jesus. And that's what our faith is all about. Our faith is not real until we have that meeting, that personal meeting with Jesus. Then our faith makes sense because we have a Savior, a personal Savior in Jesus Christ who forgives us from our sins. It fills us with life, with hope. But this woman has sinned grievously. She has sinned grievously. And you and I have sinned grievously. And she does deserve punishment for her sins. And someone is going to be stoned. Someone is going to be killed for her sins. And your sins and my sins. And that man is Jesus Christ. Someone is going to be killed, and it's Jesus. 
Someone is going to receive the blows due for your sins and my sins, that woman's sins. And that's why Jesus came. And that's who Jesus is. He will step in and he will be killed for us, for her, for you, for me. He said, he puts his back in the way to receive the blows. His hands, his feet are nailed. The punishment due for our sins will rain down on him. That's why he came into the world, that he would die for us. So she didn't have to suffer. You and I don't have to suffer. He takes the nails, the blows, the spittle, the humiliation, the scourging. You, Lord, shoulder the burden of our sins. So it's not just a simple forgiveness and everything's cool. You, Lord, pay the price. And I can never thank you enough for the rest of my life. I can never thank you enough for what you did for me. And he says, you mean that much to me. You are mine. You are mine. And we have to ask our Lord that we might enter into that real personal relationship with him that he wants for us. To realize that we stood in the middle with him and that he saved us and he saves us. And we can switch places again, too, one more time and put ourselves in the place of the scribes and Pharisees. Put ourselves in the place of those scribes and Pharisees. Lord, how easily I throw the stones at other people. Lord, how easily I accuse other people with my gossip, attacks on people, my judgments, how often I can be those scribes and Pharisees. When we speak badly of others, even sinners, we throw stones that wound, that hurt, that kill. When we spread rumors, make those rash judgments, complain about people. We throw stones all around us. Lord, help me to have mercy on others, to show that repentance, to show that love, to show that forgiveness for others too. That's what we have to do. The prayer of yesterday's Mass was very beautiful. By your help, we beseech you, Lord Jesus, may we walk eagerly in that same charity with which, out of love for the world, you handed yourself over to death 
Give me that charity. We started saying, what is holiness? It's living that identification with Christ. To bring that compassion to others, to bring that forgiveness to others, to receive that forgiveness from Christ. We're going into Holy Week, a time of silence, a time to watch and wonder at the great love of God for us. To realize what a great friend we have, what a great love we have in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me. Help me to be another Christ in this world. Help me to follow you. Help me to make you present everywhere in this world. And we can ask our Mother Mary as we end here, who brought Jesus into the world, who suffered with him next to the cross. She offered her whole life with him. Let's ask our mother, this Holy Week might be a special Holy Week for me, a time of true conversion, a time when I really become that friend of Jesus. We can imagine that woman, when she was saved, became a great friend of Jesus and told people about this great man, the one who loved him more than her, more than anyone else on earth, the one who saved her life and set her on the path to new life. Let's ask our Mother Mary to help us live the conversion that God wants us to live this, this Lent and to fall in love with Jesus Christ, to love him as much as she does. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.